you guys, it's happening. It's finally happening. I don't know why this didn't happen sooner, but continuing... Lily's being dramatic tonight. Jeez. Jeepers creepers. Jeepers creepers. Sorry, that is a reference to a Fail Army video from like two years ago. There's no way any of you guys understood that reference. Anyways, moving on. Uh, we are continuing our Best Picture nominee watch through extravaganza. And we watched... We rewatched. This is our first time rewatching one of the Best Picture nominees. Mm -hmm. Paige, what did we rewatch? Top Gun Maverick. Yeah, mofo. Uh, we did see this before. We saw this in theaters because we're not insane. Uh, we saw it opening night on IMAX. Oh, it was beautiful. Dope as shit. I don't know how we didn't do an episode on yeah. this. We loved it. Sorry, getting right into it. Spoilers if you wanted me to hold the suspense for a bit longer, but we loved it. We adore I this movie. I love this movie so much. Oh my gosh, it's good. Um, I want to name my first three children, Top, Gun, and Maverick. Um, That's a lot of kids. That is. But we can't just name one child Top Gun Maverick. Can't name one child Top Gun and the other Maverick. Maverick is a cool name. Maverick is a cool name. Maverick Ross. Oh, shit. Rooster Ross. <gasps> oh. Fanboy Ross. Hangman Ross. Bob Ross. <laughs> <laughs> That's never been done before. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we watched Top Gun. We, we rewatched Top Gun Maverick. Did you like it as much this time? Yes. Same. I was still just as stressed. Not just as stressed. You were not just as stressed. Okay. But I was still very stressed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Anyways, this God, movie this is nominated amazing. for six Oscars yeah. this year. Name it is up off. for film editing, original song, best sound, visual effects, best picture, and adapted screenplay. Yeah, we were just talking about this. I have never and probably will never understand the difference between adapted screenplay and original screenplay. Because I feel like uh, there have been times in the past when uh, movies that are based on true stories get nominated for best original. Even though, to me, it's based based on a true story. It's based on events. That makes it not original. And I don't know it's... what Top Gun Maverick is adapted from. Yeah. Um... Uh, but the Academy knows, so... I'm sure there are some listeners out there that are like, it's adapted from Star Wars Episode 4 because of how similar it is to Star Wars Episode 4. Shut up. I don't care. Um, I love this movie. It's so if good. If you don't love this movie, probably don't listen to this episode because- Yeah. Or do listen and change your mind. Yeah. We're, we're about to suck this movie's dick. Gross. Figuratively yes. speaking. <laughs> um. So Yeah. That's all I have to say. Uh, see you next time, but kidding. Um, yeah, it's super, this super movie good. Yeah. has all the things. It makes you feel all the emotions. Mm -hmm. It has a good story. It has beautiful shots. I just, I love it. Yeah. I think this is the film. Granted, we haven't finished all of the best picture films yet. Right. Right. But this is the one that I think I would like to see take Best Picture. 
I know. don't think it will. It Because I won't. still solidly think it will go to everything everywhere all at once. But this one is the one that I would like to see take it. I feel like this is one of those fantastic movies I can point to and be like, that is a wonderful display of what film is capable of. Oh, yeah. It it does a phenomenal job with special effects when there are special effects. There's not a lot of special effects, but there are some. Um, because the, Tom Cruise had to learn how to fly all of the aircraft yeah. um, but <laughs> and yeah, probably the, sail the boat in that one scene too. Yeah. Um, there are some moments in this movie uh, that I really picked up on the second time around because it's so relentlessly practical the moments when there is something CGI, it doesn't stand out like a sore thumb, but my brain is definitely like, wait a minute, that's not like other things. Like every time you see missiles, missiles fire off, that's CGI. When you see that whole landscape just explode and sink down when they get the second missile in, that's not nearly as real as the jets. Things yeah. like that. It wasn't enough to take me out of the movie, Absolutely though. Absolutely not. Like I said, it doesn't stand out like a sore thumb, but there is that very, very um, subconscious part of me that's like, that is slightly different than so much of the other stuff in this movie. Um, I feel like this is a movie that will stand the test of time. Oh, yeah. yeah. This people is a movie are... that people will be talking about mm-hmm decades down the road and another thing just to um i i want to make sure this gets said so that we don't forget if anyone listens to this years from now um i want to make sure we point this out i saw the trailer for this i don't know if it was my first time but i remember seeing the trailer for this at the chinese theater attached to star wars the rise of skywalker Whoa, what an emotional night. That movie came out so fucking long ago. I remember hearing that they were working on a sequel to Top Gun. And then I remember hearing that they needed to delay filming because Tom Cruise needed to, uh, he needed more time to learn how to fly a fighter jet completely on his own, which was insane to me. But with everything he'd been doing uh, for the last couple of years in the uh, Mission Impossible movies, it checked out. Yeah. It, yeah. Well, and for those of people that may not remember, this movie was slated to come out spring of 2020. Well, no. What I'm saying, it was originally supposed to come out before that. But filming but needed filming, to. Yeah, yeah but filming after filming wrapped, and so, it yeah, was it supposed got, to come out in 2020. Yeah. It got delayed to 2020 because of the uh, delays to filming. If Tom Cruise had learned faster or just had let someone else fly a jet every once in a while in the movie, it may have been able to squeak in before COVID was a thing. Yeah. But unfortunately, he, well, no, fortunately, he took the time to be able to fly a jet completely alone. They made a brilliant movie, and then right before it came out, the world shit its pants. I just remember seeing the trailers Mm -hmm. for years throughout the pandemic. Literal years. And like, 
when are we going to finally get this movie? Yeah. And we kept hearing that Tom Cruise just kept pushing it further back and further back and further back, even when other studios were finally starting to release in theaters again. Tom Cruise still held out. Yeah, because like with so many of his movies, Tom Cruise was an executive producer, so he got to decide. Well, and everyone kept saying, oh, it's because Tom Cruise knows what he has. Mm -hmm. And I got to the point where I was like, who cares? Just release it. Like, it can't be that good. Like, Top Gun, the original, was good, but it wasn't that good. I find the original Top Gun to be an extremely overhyped film. Not nearly as bad as Risky Business, but it's overhyped. But then we get Top Gun Maverick. Yeah. And we got it in IMAX. Mm -hmm. Which is how this movie needs to be viewed yeah obviously it's great to be able to rewatch at home mm -hmm. but holy shit seeing this spectacle on the biggest screen possible it's a glorious thing there is one shot in the movie that will forever give me chills every time i see it mm -hmm. and it's towards the end as they're starting that final mission they're like flying down into the valley in their attack positions and then right they come the around river. they come around the corner over the frozen river you have like the snow and the pine trees and just these glorious fighter jets i just got chills again just thinking about that shot like and it's so beautiful correct me if i'm wrong but i think they come around the corner and then each one not simultaneously but one by one they each hit the sound or they go Sonic, supersonic, whatever. And so you it's see somewhere that, around there, that yeah. white cone. Mm -hmm. Just boom, 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 boom. Yeah. And yeah, that's a beautiful, beautiful shot. Um, one thing that I would like to talk about real quick. Yeah. I was at the time annoyed, but in hindsight, very impressed that during all those years when it was being delayed, they kept pushing to have the Top Gun trailer play in front of movies when- I got so sick of that trailer. Yeah, but the fact that they were bold enough to be like, no, keep advertising it, keep advertising it. All these movies are getting new release dates and Top Gun Maverick is still just to be determined. Keep, keep putting that trailer out. And they never cut together a new trailer. No, they didn't. For years, we had one- Top Gun trailer. And honestly, there were, I, I went through these weird like spurts of when it first came out, it was sick. It was amazing. Holy shit. And then at some point it was like, all right, I've seen this one so many times before. And then like a year goes by and I'm like, okay, here's the Top Gun trailer. And by the end, I'm like, damn, that is an impressive freaking trailer. And like, I got to a point again where I liked seeing the trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, At one point, we got like a sneak preview before I want to say Doc Strange 2. Did we? Where we got to see the scene where he's teaching dog yes. fighting With to push-ups. Yeah. Yeah. We got to see that scene in IMAX. And I remember that ending and feeling like I had just gotten off of a roller coaster. Yeah. And I was like, well, shit, if one scene does this to me, what is this movie going to be? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And it freaking delivered. I adore this movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm really, really glad 
that they were bold enough to be like, nope, they just get the one trailer. We don't want to give too much about this movie away. And I, I feel like um, a lesser studio or anything like that, they would have kept wanting to give the fans a little more just to, you know, keep keep the incentive there and they would have given away a little bit more here and a little bit more there and then finally you go to see the movie and you know too much Mm -hmm. and with this i felt like i went in and there was still a lot i didn't know yeah i think that's all of the precursor advertisement stuff that i i was wanting to touch on anything for you okay so getting into it um Man, it's been a long time since we went like scene by scene with a movie, but I feel like in order to make sure I talk about everything, I don't want to talk about every single scene, but uh, certain plot points, I'll try to name them in order. Um, The Dark Star first scene with the... Oh, the Mach 10 trial. The Mach 10 trial. Dude, what a scene. What a freaking opening. Um, I I still find it bizarre that you hire... uh, is it Woody? Ed Harris. Ed Harris. Yeah, hiring Ed Harris for that. Like, he's barely in it. But at the same time, he kills it. He's so good in that role. He's in it quite a bit, though, for that character. I mean, he shows up just to be like, don't take off. And Tom Cruise is like, I'm already in the air. <laughs> but then he's in it later. And then he lands, and he's like... You son of a bitch. I should fire you, but I'm sending you back to Top Gun. And that's it. Right? He's in it later. Is he? Yeah. When? Oh, wait. Or is it John Hamm that I'm thinking? No. Ed Harris comes in at the end. Does he? Okay. Yeah. I do not remember that. Um, But yeah. So I think he does a great job. I think the climbing up to Mach 10 is amazing. And then the going past Mach 10 is amazing um the the moment when he hits mach 10 and everyone starts cheering and the one guy's like put that in your pentagon budget and ed harris just looks at him and the guy's like oh. <laughs> <laughs> you just stepped on a puppy's tail he sits the fuck down love it um i was not super familiar with miles teller before this movie what did you see him in I don't know that I had seen him in anything. Did I not show you Whiplash until after? Yeah, we watched it after because I loved him so much in Top Gun. Wow. Okay. You had seen That Awkward Moment. Yes. Yes. Um, Have you still not seen The Spectacular Now? Mm-mm. Dude, Spectacular Now is amazing. Um, I haven't seen Bleed for this. I haven't seen... I oh hadn't seen War Dogs. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Because we watched Whiplash and War Dogs after Top Gun. Okay, yeah. And for any of you out there, if uh, so far, if we have named off a Miles Teller movie that you have not seen yet, all of those are worth seeing. Whiplash, Top Gun Maverick, War Dogs, Spectacular Now, all of them fantastic. Uh, That Awkward Moment. um, He is also in Fantastic Four. That is the one I am not recommending. (laughs) Um, I'm glad I've seen it. And I think he does as good a job as he can. But that's a problematic movie. I just hope that this role really, like, puts him on the map. 
Because obviously he had done a bunch of things. Yeah. But I think it's probably fair to say that a lot of people didn't really know who Miles Teller was going into Top Gun Maverick. I would say a lot of people that live lifestyles similar to your families did not know Miles Teller. People who consider themselves well-versed in movies, who have their finger on the pulse at least a little bit, for the most part, they know Miles Teller. Uh, maybe you haven't seen Whiplash, but I feel like people talk about Whiplash a lot. It's such a insane movie for being so small. It's so memorable. And in a movie that memorable, that iconic, that uh, well-recognized by the Academy Awards, that movie is shouldered by two people. And that is J.K. Simmons, who everyone knows, and Miles Teller, like a veteran of the acting profession and a fairly newcomer, um, fairly young actor. Uh, I would say he had definitely established his name amongst the film buff crowd. But yeah, amongst the people who only care about blockbusters. Maybe he hadn't, um, which sort of putting myself in Miles Teller's shoes. If you told me almost 10 years after I'd been in a fantastic four movie that people still don't really know my name, I'd be like, what the hell happened with the fantastic four movie? What the shit? Like right at the height of Marvel popularity. I'm in a Marvel adjacent project as the front man. And I'm not known in Hollywood. Like, that that would suck. Um, but, yeah, Fantastic Four did nothing for anyone. Um, but, yeah, he he solidified himself in stardom. Um, the he guy, just did such a good freaking job with this movie. Yeah, and I feel like there are a lot of side characters that I now want to see more of them. Yeah, the um, other Top Guns. Are they called Top Guns? Sure. Okay. Yeah, the other Top Guns. Pilots? Yeah. In the Top Gun program? I can't... I feel like there's a chance they do call Top Gun attendees Top Guns. I had totally forgotten about that. Um, we do now. Yeah. Let's go with it. Yeah. Um, Hangman? I can't wait to see him in more stuff. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think he's been in other things, just not quite as big or... He was in that Devotion character. movie, right? I think... I think he, he was, was the main character in that movie. Was he? Okay. Yeah. I think you're right. Um, and uh, But I love the guy who played Bob. Okay. I love the girl who played Phoenix. So here's the thing. The guy who played Bob is in Bad Times of the El Royale, along with John that. Hamm. That is one that it, any of our listeners, if you haven't seen Bad Times of the El Royale, give it a watch. That's... I guess I need to watch it. Yeah. Um. yeah very very good Um, with pretty outstanding performances from I think everyone in the movie Um, yeah very very good highly recommend Um, so yeah as soon as Bob came on screen I was like dude yeah Bad Times the El Royale um, yeah I think John Hamm kills it yeah. as well now that I mentioned him um, yeah Phoenix uh, the actress of Phoenix I think is great uh, as we were watching this, 
I uh, just glanced real quick on social media and I saw like a headline. Apparently the actor of Hangman has expressed interest in playing Booster Gold for the DC cinematic universe. Um, I don't know Well, and isn't much. Coyote cast as someone? Yes. Coyote is in the next uh, Mission Impossible movie. Oh, okay. Along with That's Tom Cruise. Yeah. Um, also, the elephant in the room with this whole amazing actors conversation we're having. Uh, Val Kilmer <sighs> returning as Iceman. Oh, my gosh. I, when the movie started, I'm pretty sure you see him credited mm-hmm. in the opening credits. And I was like, oh, okay. It's probably because- there's probably like a flashback scene or something. Yeah, maybe there's a flashback for like footage from the original movie. And then uh, he walked, uh, Tom Cruise walks into Top Gun. And you see photos of Val Kilmer. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, maybe they needed to give him a credit because they're using photos of him. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I- I thought for sure there was no possible way to get Val Kilmer in this movie in this day and age. So when he showed up on screen, I lost it. That really hit me hard. Um, I'm, I can't say that I have seen tons of Val Kilmer movies, but I feel like the Val Kilmer movies that I have seen, I love them. Yeah. Uh, for anyone who hasn't seen Real Genius, it's, oh, I think, his movie. second movie ever. It's so good. And for those of you who don't know, Val Kilmer has throat cancer. Yeah. Um, which is why we did not expect to see him in this movie because he's not in great health. Yeah. Um, there's a trailer for a documentary. I believe it's just called Kilmer. Uh, or maybe it's called Val. I think it's called Val. Okay. Um, but in that, at some point you hear what his voice sounds like. And the first time I saw the trailer, I didn't realize how bad it had gotten. And so you hear him speak and I, I was shocked at how bad it was. Um, Well, and wasn't his voice in this movie done by a mix of his kids and himself or something like that? Yeah. And I think maybe some AI. Okay. assistance um but yeah so he speaks a few lines and when he spoke i didn't realize that it was being digitally altered you really can't tell no it's, you really it's can't. not clear um and yeah I, in the in the theater when he came on screen i was just floored and then he spoke and i was like holy shit like that Got me very, very emotional in the theater. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Oh, and and what a beautiful role he plays. And the fact that the first few times uh, Iceman is, quote unquote, in the movie, is just him texting with Tom Cruise. Mm-hmm. I thought that was going to be his entire role, was just texting. And then, yeah, he goes to his house and he's able to type on the computer. And I thought that was more than expected and then he speaks and and yeah just freaking beautiful um well and then i feel like they did a great job of i guess sending him off yeah because this in all honesty is probably the last time we will see val kilmer yeah on screen yeah i mean i don't think that's going to be much of a stretch (laughs) to say that yeah Uh, Um, i don't know when he filmed the documentary 
if that was before or after or during or whatever. Um, but yeah. But it felt like a good send off. It really, really Even did. though he's still alive, mm-hmm. obviously. But like, it was beautifully done. Yeah. And as a way for sort of Val Kilmer the man to kind of let the world know. Yeah. I'm in bad health. He didn't have to, like, his his health started to, started to deteriorate. And so he, like, went into hiding or anything. He took a role that puts it on full display. And what vulnerability. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um, yeah. That That is an aspect of this movie I will always adore. I think we've probably <laughs> sung the praises of that, yes. that one scene. Um, um, I mean, Tom Cruise in this. Oh. I'm not a huge Tom Cruise fan for the most part. Really? His crooked smile drives me absolutely crazy. Yeah, that does not. But I love him in this. Mm-hmm. He also somehow doesn't age. I, I don't know. I, I feel like he's definitely aged well. But if you looked at Top Gun and Top Gun Maverick, he looks different. If you look at Mission Impossible 1... And Mission Impossible 3 and Mission Impossible 6. <laughs> okay. You know. So um, he ages well. He ages very well. Um, but in that scene when they're playing football on the beach, like, he's in damn good shape for his age. The man is like, he's got to be in his 60s, right? Yeah. Or more? I, honestly? How old is Tom? 1962. How old does that make him? The concept of... Like writing a movie and being like, hey, Tom, we have this idea, okay? Um, you'll need to be shirtless. He's it, 61. Yeah. Like if if you went to a 61-year-old and said, hey, we want to do this scene in a movie, you're going to be shirtless. I could see someone like Tom Cruise being like, yeah, I could, yeah, I'm, I'm comfortable enough with myself. I can, I can be shirtless. If you then said, you're going to be shirtless, you're going to be standing right next to Miles Teller, jacked out of his mind. You're going to be standing next to the guy who played Hangman, the guy who played Phoenix, the guy who played Payback, the guy who played Fanboy. All of these guys are also going to be shirtless. All of them will also look the part of fighter pilots and they will go through intense movie like training to get shredded. I feel like at that point, any sane 61 year old would be like, yeah, maybe I'm the one in the tank top, maybe. I'll be shirts. You be skins. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I'm shirts. Maybe they're skins. Maybe. How about that? Hmm? Um, yeah. Not Tom I, Cruise. I would, I would understand. But no, Tom Cruise was like, I'll make sure I'm as shredded as I can get. Like, dude. And then we have, uh, what's the one guy's name? Whirlwind or something? Um, Cyclone? Cyclone. John Hamm? No. Hondo. How did I forget Hondo? Hondo? You forgot Hondo? I'm sorry. What kind of Clone Wars fan are you? Oh, shit, A1. Um, yeah, Hondo is there on the beach as well. He's shirts. He's shirts. <laughs> um, which, that's another thing I mentioned during the movie. Hondo is there during the Dark Star uh, Mach 10 yeah. training. And then Tom Cruise steps out of line, so he gets sent to Top Gun. And he packs Hondo? <laughs> maybe hondo also had orders maybe but just the concept that, like tom cruise does this thing and he's like you're being sent away and hondo's like am i being sent away too and they're like obviously i 
I feel like they needed just like one little piece of dialogue added where it's like, I need Hondo. He's my right hand <laughs> man. And Hondo's like, I'm with you, boss, or something. I don't know. But So one thing I love about this movie, sorry, going off of this conversation, okay. um, is so you have Tom Cruise. He goes to teach these pilots how to fly this mission. Mm -hmm. He's not assigned to fly the mission. He just has to teach them how to do it. He has to, you know, come up with lesson plans and all of this. And they have, you know, this target of, you know, here's where the hard floor is. Here's, uh, which is how low you can fly your jet. Uh, here's your time to target, like all of these things. And he's trying his hardest to teach, which he himself is really not a teacher as a character. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, shit hits the fan and he gets sacked because his wingman isn't there to protect him anymore. And then, like, it just feels kind of hopeless because as soon as he gets taken out of that position you know john ham comes in and he goes okay well you're gonna have to do it in what did he raise it to like five minutes or four minutes yeah. instead of two and a half minutes and just like all these pilots are sitting there like what the fuck man like we're gonna die if we yeah. do it this way and i do love the fact that they're feeling hopeless that they'll be able to hit the standards that uh tom cruise has set for them but as soon as someone else comes along and says, okay, that was unrealistic, here's a new standard, they, it was explained thoroughly enough to them that once you loosen up on the standards, they know. They're no, sitting we, ducks. Yeah, they can't do it. Even though we can't meet those standards, those standards were put in place for a reason. And being more laxed on them puts us in danger. We understand why Tom Cruise was pushing his pushing us as hard as he was. And I feel like it did a great job of bringing the audience along for the emotional ride on that. Yeah. Because I was like right there with them feeling how hard they were hit with Tom Cruise being taken out. And then him like deciding that he's going to show them that it can be done by once again stealing a multi-million dollar jet and flying it, what are the words, in such a way that it may never be airworthy again. Which I I had seen this movie sort of one and a half times. I'd seen it in theaters. And then as soon as we got it on digital, I watched it again. Um, I totally forgot about that line. That he flew that plane so hard it may never be airworthy again. What the hell? Yeah. Like just any piece of machinery that you can use so hard that it can't function the way it's supposed to function anymore. But all you did was do what it was built for, just mm -hmm. harder. Like, like if you're going to break an ice cream scoop, it's usually because you were not scooping ice cream or something. It, Tom Cruise scooped the ice cream so hard. It's trash now. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just, dude. Ugh, I love how this movie was written. Mm -hmm. I love that you feel like you are in that mission with them. Yeah. 
as he's choosing, you know, as he's assigned to be group leader. I don't think that's the right term. Dagger one. Dagger, yeah. Yeah. And then as he's choosing his co-pilots, you can just see in their faces, like, they're excited that they've been chosen, but they also know the gravity behind what that means. Yeah. That they are very likely not going to return from this mission, but it's what they've been training for and it's what they want. Yeah. And so it's this, like, mixed bag of emotions there, and then obviously everything that goes on with him and Rooster and that whole history. And I also love the animosity between Rooster and Hangman. Yeah. And the level of respect they gain for each other so that when the time comes and Rooster's name gets called and Hangman's doesn't, as soon as that gets said, Hangman looks down in this like, he's he's disappointed in himself, but he's not angry you know mm-hmm. and and rooster sees that and the different um i don't know if i would call this cinematography but the which angles are you taking in each moment like that yeah who's on screen who's closer to the camera who's behind like how do you communicate to the audience um who is having what reaction and whose reaction is within whose sightline. Well, and also with those actors, just knowing how to have all of those emotions in such a short shot. Mm -hmm. And I just love it. And then as they go into their final mission, in the theater, I legitimately got a high heart rate warning from my Apple Watch. It's like, hey, your heart rate rose above... I think 120 when you appeared to be inactive. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no shit, Apple Watch. I'm stressed out of my mind. And there's no button on the Apple Watch to be like, yes, I'm aware. I'm watching Top Gun Maverick. So that your Apple Watch can right? be like, oh, I understand. I got you. Yeah. No, there's none of that. I didn't get it in the rewatch, but I felt just as stressed, even though I knew what happened. Dude, like... There were so many things during that first uh, first viewing in theaters. Um, Maverick goes down during that final mission. Oh my gosh, and that I, was heart wrenching. Yeah, I I honestly did not know if anyone was safe. No, because I didn't think Maverick was going to survive that. Yeah, I could easily see this being the movie where. They send off Iceman and they send off Tom Cruise. Yeah. And yeah. Um, And so he goes down and I was like, oh shit, this is how you're ending your movie. Damn. Yeah. And then he survived. And now the helicopter's coming for him. And I'm like, dude, is why would you keep him alive? He's like a fish in a barrel. Yeah. There's no way out of this. And then the helicopter just gets blown to kingdom come. And... Dude, I I was there in the moment. There was not oh a lot gosh, of that yeah. like, um, oh yeah, but he's a main character. Uh, like that's no, out of my mind. No, I'm like, you're he's just in danger so right involved. Now. Yeah. And this movie sucks you in. Yeah. And I feel like this is a movie where the danger that everyone's in feels authentic. Yeah. 
Well, and then also when you think about that like final climax of the movie, when Top Gun or when Top Gun, when Maverick and Rooster go down, that's not the end of the movie. No. You're only part of the way through the climax at that point. Yeah. Because they have to go steal a plane. They have to outrun the other planes. They have to almost die again. Dude, that moment where uh, he says something about like we're in or that one jet is moving into our weapon pocket or he's putting us in his weapons pocket or envelope. Oh, envelope. Or something. Yeah, something like um, that. And then he pretty much waits for it and then pulls the jet and f- shoots up the tail of the one. And it's like, oh, shit. And then he punches it and it just, oh, my gosh, the adrenaline is flowing. And then the other guy fires his, his tor- not torpedoes, his missile. He mm-hmm. fires his missile at uh, Maverick and Rooster. And it's like, oh, shit, what are they going to do now? So then he brings his jet right next to the enemy jet he's already shot the shit out of. And so then the missile locks onto that. And so he doesn't just shoot up its tail and wait for it to crash. He shoots up its tail and then makes sure that guy's wingman shoots him down. Holy crap. Oh, my gosh. What a moment. Um, also, right before that, right after they both go down and they're in the snow, mm-hmm. oh, and Tom Cruise just runs up to Rooster, and he's like, "What are you doing here?" And he shoves him to the ground, <laughs> just like straight. And then their conversation—I'm not going to do it justice, I—I I know, but they're like, "What were you thinking?" And he goes, "You told me not to think." And Tom Cruise just gets hit in the face with that, oh, shit, good point. (laughs) And he literally just has to stop in his tracks. Yeah. Because he's like, well, shit, you did do what I told you. Well, it's good to see you. And he's he's already pissed because he just got shoved to the ground. And Rooster just has to go, yeah, it's good to see you too. This movie does a great job with the drama, with the this and the that and the everything. And then also the taking a dramatic beat and suddenly throwing it into reverse and hitting me with a comedic Mm -hmm. beat. Yeah. It's just really, really good at that. Um, Well, and then you have that last, like they finally get away from those two planes that are chasing them through the like ravine. mm -hmm. And then you have that one last one where they're out over open water. Oh, they're out of bullets, they're out of flares, they're out of everything. And Tom Cruise is just flying straight up because he's trying to get Miles Teller as much space as he can to pull the eject button and get out. And it's like, okay, this is this is the end. Like yeah. Maverick is gonna be able to sacrifice himself for Goose's son. It's gonna come full circle. And you just, then he can't eject. And it's like, well, shit. Yeah. Okay, they're both going to die. And it's going to be poetic because it's Maverick and Rooster. And and the they fact learned that, to work together. And Yeah. Um, do you want to say how they get out of no, it? No, go for it. Okay. The fact that they never tell us what solution is already in play 
until the moment that it happens. Such a good choice. Yeah. The So the jet that's coming at them, it fires its missile. Like, you see the missile drop out of the plane and start to mm-hmm. accelerate. Yep. And that's when it gets hit with another missile and Hangman has come to save them. We are not told until that moment that Hangman is not still parked on the boat. Well, and you don't even see it until he flies through the debris. Yeah. Um, oh. Um, yeah, let's keep talking about this and then I'll take us back to another moment. Um, yeah, it's it's so... You're on your the edge of your seat. There, It's the perfect... There doesn't seem like there's any way out. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden... It's a bit of a deus ex machina, but I wouldn't say it's a deus ex machina in a bad way. No. It's perfect. Um, So yeah. Uh, Did you have anything else you wanted to say there? No. Okay. Another moment. When they're flying around, everybody's getting shot at by missiles and everyone's just barely making it Oh, after. And then Miles Teller is out of flares and someone fires a missile at him. And so uh, Tom Cruise... We keep trying to call him Top Gun. <laughs> he brings his, like, he pretty much just aims his jet straight upwards and stops, like, hits the brakes that way. Miles Teller flies under him as he fires his flares. His mm-hmm. flares. And so he stops the missile for Miles Teller. Oh my gosh! That moment is insane. Yes. Yeah. Um, Just seeing all of these fighter pilots in this dogfight mm-hmm. with these unmanned missiles and then the planes that come. Oh, gosh. And just for this, like, concept or whatever, I want to really shout out uh, Bob, the actor of Bob. Yeah. Because every time he's in the backseat of his jet just yelling, smoke in the air, break right, smoke in the air, and, and just yelling where the missiles are, he has such a desperate level of fear Mm -hmm. oh my gosh the sound of him just calling things out is part of what puts me on that all of them as they're just Mm -hmm. but i feel like he does it more than anyone else and he does it so effectively um yeah gosh i love this movie it's so good it's so so good um i'm so glad the academy recognized yeah because I feel like if this would have come out, even when it was originally scheduled to, yeah, I don't think the Academy would have recognized it because it's only, it seems like it's only been in the last few years that they've recognized movies that aren't, you know, like moody and artistic and all of that. I mean, the first Avatar did get nominated for Best Picture. That's true. Okay, fine. Um, but like, I just remember opening Oscar noms when they came out and just trying to get to best picture as fast as I could because mm-hmm. I was like, Top Gun has to get recognized. It has to be on this list. Yeah. And thankfully it was. Mm-hmm. And same with Avatar 2. Avatar, yes. Having, those are the two that I was needing to see. Having two separate movies come out this year 
both of which I have been looking forward to for such a long freaking time. Everyone's been looking forward to them for a really long time. I, I've been looking forward to Avatar 2 ever since Avatar 1 came out. I've been looking forward to Top Gun Maverick ever since I found out about it. And also, for some people, just the as soon as you see the first one back in the 80s or whatever, you hope they make a sequel eventually. And then 30 years later, whenever this is, they're finally making it like so many times. I think the the uh, term they've coined for these is legacy sequels. Um, every time there's a legacy sequel that's this far removed from the original one, there's always this like, okay, there's no way it's going to live up to the original. There's no way. And this surpassed it in yeah, every way. It totally did, which is insane. To think that that's possible. And I haven't met anyone that didn't like this movie. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I like that uh, the Academy recognized that two separate movies, all of which have their work cut out for them to be, you know, good sequels, and they both knock it out of the park in a really big way. I'm glad that both of those get nominated for Best Picture. Um, again, highly, highly doubt that either of them have a snowball's chance in hell of winning but but they got recognized the recognition of a nomination is i would say one of the highest um accolades yeah that something like this can can receive um and yeah like you said i think we'll be talking about this for years to come um couple just quick uh bullet points to hit um the fact that they did all of the flying as practically as they did. Insane. Not, not all of the actors are actually flying the jets, but they are all in jets that are flying. Yes. And you can see that every time they're pulling. You can see the G-forces yeah, the on G their forces, faces. You can see it pulling the skin down on their face. That is something you can not fake. Mm -hmm. if, if they hadn't done that practically, I don't think it would have taken me out of the movie. But doing it practically and being able to see the skin being pulled down did the opposite of taking me out of the movie. It put me further into it. Mm -hmm. It just, um, yeah, there was just that point of, oh, shit, I already knew this was real, but you can look. look it's, it's blatantly real right there. I thought that was so good. So, so good. Another bullet point, uh, I, I do love the fact that the first time several of the pilots meet tom cruise is when he has to buy rounds for the bar yeah and his card gets declined uh -huh. and so hangman and a couple other guys personally throw him on his ass out of this bar mm -hmm. and then the next day he shows up and they're like oh shit great oh my gosh wonderful and while they're doing the oh shit it's the guy from the bar Rooster is having the exact opposite. Oh shit, that's the guy who pulled my papers. Such a great dynamic and, mm -hmm. and how you wrote the scene, when people enter in, all that stuff. So good. Um, another bullet point. Miles Teller, thank you for what you did for the mustache. Um, you have changed men's lives. <laughs> you have you have put mustaches back in the good graces of society. Golly, you did good. Not everyone can pull that off, but not everyone can. Miles Teller are attempting. Yeah. I feel like before this, um, not a lot of people can pull it off, 
practically no one was trying. Pretty much only Tom Selleck. Yeah, not a lot of people attempting the stash. And now we're getting a lot more. And I support it. There are certain things that I don't quite follow. And I kind of wish um, there was just a few more pieces of dialogue kind of more directed at the audience because you have your lead pilots. So your uh, Tom Cruise and your um, rooster. rooster and they're flying alone. Right. Cool. Let's mm-hmm. go. But then you have your other jets with Phoenix and Bob and you have fanboy and payback. I guess one of them needs to fly and the other one needs to be working the missile. Yeah. That wasn't clear to me my first viewing. It was something that it it took me a bit longer to figure out. And then on top of that, I feel like there needs to be a bit more dialogue explaining how the laser guidance system works. Because there are times they like come over the the hill and they're having to work the um, getting the missile locked onto the target yeah the how laser. does that work uh when they're like oh something's wrong I, I can't get a fix on it and stuff what went wrong is it um was the missile attached to the jet poorly before takeoff is it glitching no just... i think it was just a system error okay that like they couldn't because he had to shoot it blind is what he said yeah. is so he didn't have the guided yeah um And so, but I think even when he shot it blind, he still had a little joystick that he's controlling it with. Just a little bit more dialogue to explain to the audience how that whole system works. Okay. And I'm not talking like, we need a five minute scene. I'm talking maybe 30 seconds of dialogue, just quickly running someone through and then have, you know, Bob or whichever whichever character you're telling it to at the end have them be like yeah i know all this and so me as an audience i'm now up to speed and me as an audience knows this is not bob's first time hearing all this and i I feel like then you just sort of get to make sure your audience has that much more clarity but whatever um again still a great movie um i love this movie so much it's it's really really phenomenal um Oh, uh, the the way every time they're uh, shooting like the um, machine guns mm-hmm. and you can see the ticker, the, the ammo numbers ticking mm-hmm. that I feel like that's rare for a movie like this. It's like one. Well, because that was on the old plane, right? That they stole in the hangar. Yeah, but I feel like there m- may have been a moment where they're seeing it in the uh, newer planes as well. But I feel like with so many things like this. It just seems maybe you'll run out. Yeah, maybe you'll run out of missiles. Maybe, but you'll never run out of the bullets. That's you just have a Mary Poppins bag of bullets attached to your fighter jet. Um, So yeah, the fact that they added tension because they added realism in that one regard, great, wonderful. Um, Something that I've thought both times I watched this movie, um, it's kind of funny that people have pointed out how similar uh the final mission is to star wars because honestly i would love to see a star wars movie 
handle aircraft and dogfights and stuff like that the same way this movie did when uh they announced that uh patty jenkins was helming a uh rogue squadron movie i would have loved to see a rogue squadron movie that feels like this you know um spending that much time prepping for one mission and having the whole you know where does each person fly what is each person's uh assignment stuff like that and then having the uh those those moments with the smoke in the air bank right and stuff if you had that but with star wars terminology and stuff i would love to see something like that i would watch that movie over and over and over until the day that i die i think that uh easily my favorite of the space battle slash aerial dogfight stuff is definitely rogue one i think they do a phenomenal job with Mm -hmm. x-wing um maneuverability stuff like that and with that said i think if you took notes from top gun maverick you could turn that up several more degrees please watch this movie yeah we love it um you mentioned the push-up scene a little bit ago yes it's a great scene love the push-up scene who doesn't want to watch that right um the uh the love story between maverick and uh penny Mm -hmm. i think yeah and then the uh dynamic between penny and her daughter and maverick and penny's daughter and stuff love it so so good and i do really love all of the uh like side officers your your uh cyclone your hondo your your warlock love those guys it's really really cool um the score is fantastic i mean they use it's up for best song yeah which which i didn't realize was a lady gaga yeah lady gaga is uh which i feel like she's won quite a few oscars for best song uh right i did i feel like she may have won best actress for star is born did it not also get best song? It may have also won best song. But, but didn't she... she also get it for something else? I know she was nominated for a song that was something like It's Not Your Fault or something like that. Didn't she but do it... a James Bond? No. She got beaten that year by the James Bond. Billie piece. Eilish did that, right? No. No. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> Billie uh, Eilish did win one though, right? Uh, I don't know about that for sure, but I know Billie Eilish did the song for No Time to Die. Sam something, who I hate. Smith. Sam Smith did Writing on the Wall, which is the song for Spectre. I thought Spectre was decent, but I think it has a dog shit opening song. And that's the song that won the Oscar that year. And it beat a very good song by... Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga. I think Billie Eilish took it last year. She may have. Or the year um, before. I don't remember. I feel like that was last year. I could be off on that. Um, Anyways, we digress. Yeah. Watch um, Top Gun Maverick. Watch Top love Gun Maverick. Love Top Gun Maverick. Yeah. Fall in love with it. Follow us on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, you can find our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Music, and Google Podcasts. Um, Who do you want to meet? Uh, I want to meet Miles Teller. Fuck you. That was mine. Then I want to meet Tom Cruise. Okay. I want to meet Tom Cruise. He's amazing. And 
Um, yeah, I want to talk to him about all the different stunts he's done. I want to talk to him about the stunts he wanted to do. And someone stepped in and went, no, Tom, I fucking had it with you. No. You're Can not, people tell Tom Cruise no? You're not swallowing C4. You fucking asshole. No. <laughs> I'm not going to have your blood on my hands. Like, what's the stuff that he's like, I want to do these seven stunts. And the studio goes, we'll greenlight two of those. What? <laughs> like, yeah, I, I want to climb the Burj Khalifa. <sighs> Fine, we'll let you climb the Burj Khalifa as it's on fire. Cruise! <laughs> <laughs> I yeah um I I want to do a halo jump for Mission Impossible. Fine, we'll let you do a halo jump without a parachute. Thomas, <laughs> like, <laughs> what are those stunts that he he pitched and he wanted to do and he couldn't? Um what are the ones that are like, you know, for the next for Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning, for Dead Reckoning Part 2, what are the stunts that are coming and just have him be like, "Okay, I'm going to get swallowed by a crocodile. And then, like... Well, we saw him run a motorcycle off the edge of a cliff. Yeah, that's the one stunt we do know about in the next one. But, like... But what are the ones we don't... Yeah, we knew about the halo jump. That was... I I feel like the Mm -hmm. halo jump in uh, Fallout was the one they kept talking about. But then there was also the learn how to fly a helicopter and do some ludicrous maneuvers that professionals don't even do. And then there was the jump off a building and snap your ankle in half. Yeah. And then there was the, like, dude, Fallout has so many stunts in it that are just insane. And if you give that same role to most other actors, the ballsy ones will be like, you know what? That bathroom fight scene, I'll actually do that fight. And that's where they draw the line. Tom Cruise is like, I'll do every stunt, including three of the ones you've already lined up to have done with CGI. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Dude, Tom Cruise. Every, Every time someone mentions Tom Cruise is like one of the last true movie stars. I agree. Like that's a yeah um he it's a name that everyone knows tom cruise everyone recognizes tom cruise and if there's a new movie coming out and it's a new tom cruise movie that name alone will probably fill seats yeah so yeah um <laughs> hey Paige, who do <laughs> you want to meet i want to meet miles teller no way shocking yeah this is the first you're hearing about this Best adapted choice. (laughs) (laughs) Rude. I'm sorry. But Um, yes, I do want to meet Miles Teller. Yeah. With his glorious mustache. Ooh, what if he shows shows up without the mustache? Do you just go home? That's okay. No. Do you just turn around? I'll talk to him about other things. Throw the car in reverse and peel out of there. Talk to him about Whiplash and War Dogs and Top Gun Maverick. We'll have a great time. Yeah. I'll let you meet him with me. Oh, yeah. Okay, just so you know. Oh, I know. I just want to make you mad. If any of these people contact us and they go, hey, someone uh, sent me your your podcast episode, then yeah, I would would love to sit down with you. You're not allowed to be like, cool, but only me, not my husband. (laughs) No, 
Fine, you can meet Miles Teller. Okay. It's cool. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyways. Miles, Miles Teller. Tom and Miles. What a freaking. Come hang out with us. Demigod We're cool. Acting. Yeah. We're so lovable. Yeah. We have nothing but good things to say about you. Also, sorry. Just got to throw it out there. If I'm meeting Tom Cruise, I am bringing up his role in Tropic Thunder. Good. In a phenomenal movie. He's still, he still stands out as one of the highlights of that movie. So good. If any of you guys haven't watched Tropic Thunder, highly recommend it. It is, yeah, very, very funny. Um, very ballsy of a movie. So, yes, it yeah. is. Um, Anyways, thanks yeah. for listening. Yeah. Stay um, tuned as we keep running through all of the Best Picture nominees. Yeah. We're solidly on the road to the Oscars. Yeah. So let us know what you think. Mm-hmm. on instagram um let's see i think okay uh just as a bit of a heads up next week fingers crossed should still work fairly normally the week after that may have some hiccups because we will be traveling so just so you guys know um we're gonna, we're gonna do our best to still get everything best. out we're gonna do our best on time and you may be getting there might be a bonus episode in there. Yeah, you may be getting a third episode. Um, either, I doubt it'll be end of next week. It'll probably be after we get home. But we will be recording for Ant-Man and Wasp Quantumania as soon yes. as it comes out. Um, and that might be a collaboration episode. Yeah, we may have some uh, some guest speakers. Stay tuned. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, if we that happens. We have some friends with a really awesome podcast. Yeah. So we'll be shouting out their podcast. They'll be shouting out ours, which, yeah, that's another thing. We will have guests. We will also be guest appearing on their podcast. So just as a heads up, that one is called uh, Manners Maketh Man. Uh, there are some very good friends of ours that run that podcast. So, And we're um, going to go party with them in Disneyland next yeah, week. So um, I don't know exactly. Yeah, I don't know exactly how that episode's going to play out. But if you want to hear Paige and I talk about Disneyland, so not a specific movie, just Disneyland, and possibly all the movies that you interact with at Disneyland. Then, yeah, yeah. Um, exciting things are coming. Exciting things are coming. I'm stoked. We're stoked. I'm yeah. jazzed. Yeah. yeah, stay tuned. We um, love you. We have. Did we mention our Instagram? Yes, the dot real dot couple. The dot real dot couple. Um, and slide into our DMs and be like, after uh best picture nominees then i want you to watch this one um i think that's everything yeah is that we're good okay we have we have to go watch the bad batch now we do okay let's do it thanks for listening thanks for listening i love you guys love you I'm, bye I'm out of breath. bye